Sporting Beards, episode number 83. Chase, how you doing, man? Doing great. I'm excited. Very, very excited. As far as baseball goes, we'll get into that later. But dude, draft weekend was just here. I had three fantasy football drafts on Saturday, one Sunday night. So much fun. I had so much fun doing my drafts and coming up with my new team names and were they all at the same time? No. So I was able to actually, I had one at noon, I had one at three, and then I had one at uh, five, five thirty. So that ended up working out perfectly. However, okay. I did feel like I was just drafting all day long. <laughs> yeah. But it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it, and I am super stoked. It's finally here. We've seen some college football now finally and <sighs> so ha- handicap it over under 1.5 titles from those four drafts over i'm feeling very confident i'm feeling very <laughs> confident uh i got an a plus two a minuses and a b in my four draft grades uh, i'm okay. feeling pretty good about it i was i was gonna boo you if you if you said under, <laughs> good good. So yeah, you gotta have confidence. If you're not gonna have confidence in yourself, then why would anybody else, right? Exactly. So I only had one, I only had the one draft. So but, you know, I I got a draft grade F, which means I'm gonna win the league. Hey, that has happened to me before, where I literally was told I wasn't gonna win a single game. I, I think it's probably because I don't have a kicker. Like that's probably. Yeah, so it's basically putting in a zero for you for one position every week. Right. So, yeah. Like, I almost guarantee you that's why it's it's giving me that. Yeah, I mean, uh, I was telling you off the podcast that, like, I used to not draft a kicker or defense because I would just go for best players available and then figure out who to drop later for one of the leftovers. And one of my main reasons I don't do that anymore, A, it is I've, I've realized that I, I could end up getting a better kicker or defense. Looking at the uh, at the draft grade and like the power rankings and how many points they expect you to score throughout the season, if I had a kicker, like just any kicker, you'd probably be all, better. I I would be projected third. So yeah, see, yeah, no, that's once I that, pick up a kicker. That's what I was getting at. My main reason for not doing it anymore is actually the draft grades because I would get terrible <laughs> draft grades because I didn't have a kicker or defense in there. And I'd be like, dang it, man, I, it's a good team. But so I started making sure I did that just to make sure I could get a decent draft grade, even though it doesn't mean anything at the end of the season. At all. At all. Like, I was ex- I was expecting a fifth, like a 15, because I'm pretty sure last year, or I thought that last year we had a 15-team or 15-player roster last season with this league. Mm-hmm. Apparently it's only 13. And so when Very I got small. to the – I made – I made my twelfth pick, and it was a defense. And I was like, "All right, I'm gonna get." All right, no, I I made my twelfth pick, and it was a wide receiver. I'm like, "All right, let's go ahead and get the defense. Let's get the kicker, and then I'll just pick whoever's best for the for the last pick." And then I I looked, and it said in draft, like three picks after my last pick, and I'm like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, three. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so I I don't have a kicker or a defense, and we got one pick left. So yeah. I'm going to pick one of those two. <laughs> yep. There's nothing you can do at that point. So, yeah, it's a small it's a small roster league. It's 
it's an odd league because it's a really slow, low-scoring league, and it reminds me of like no offense at all, but like it just reminds me of like beginning fantasy football, like when it first kind of started. You just had the simple little roster with a few bench spots, and and then like you said, low-scoring. Yeah, well, like the okay, so this league, I've been a part of it for six years, I think. Um, I haven't won it. I've been to the championship twice, but this league has been around for like 20 years. Oh, damn. With, okay. with very small changes throughout. Now there's right. been talks. There's been talks about making some changes. We made some adjustments this year with the scoring, um, lowering the number of, of yards rushing and yards receiving to get a point. Uh, okay. I think it's been, it's been set at 15. We're, we're lowering that to 10, which is Goodness. more in line with, the rest of <laughs> fantasy football. Yeah. Um, there we've, we've talked about making changes to like touchdowns and interceptions and some other, some other admin stuff that we've, we've talked about changing, but it, so it should be a little higher scoring this year than it has been in previous years. In previous years, like if you had a, if you had a Patrick Mahomes or somebody like that, like you would have a really good shot of winning the league because quarterbacks were super overvalued. Got you. I'm actually in in a league where they decided to make quarterbacks six point touchdowns uh, this season. So basically, like they're the best players in the league. Yeah, and it's also but the a op- quarterback league. So. The opportunity cost is still there to not have a top quarterback and still get good points. It's just not as much of an opportunity cost there. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm excited though. Um, but before we get too deep into it, episode eighty three. Episode 83. Do you have any 83s? I do have a couple that come to mind, and then I did also look at them. A couple that came to mind first was uh, uh, chest-catching man himself, Terrence Williams, from the Dallas Cowboys. Um, the man did not like to use his hands to catch the football. But, hey, yeah. he made some great catches. So, one or, one or two that I can remember. I mean, the one that always sticks out to me is when Romo – just like whoopsie daisy JJ Watt when he was coming right at him clear and then launched it to Terrence Williams for the touchdown. That one I'll never forget because it was insane. But and that that was one of the few non chess catches. I feel like he actually chess caught that one. <laughs> <laughs> I think he nestled it. It in was his more chest, but it hit his hands. It hit his hands first. I it, think you're right. It was it, more it like wasn't, a, mm, yeah, nor like a normal Terrence Williams catch was like when a catcher is getting is blocking <laughs> a ball behind the plate and it hits it hits him in the chest and just kind of falls in front of him. Terrence Williams did that, but he he put his hands below his chest so that the ball would fall into his chest or into his the ball would fall into his hands after hitting his chest. Yeah, wild guy, <laughs> and then he ends up getting like a DUI on a scooter. Some wild stuff happens with James Williams, but yeah, I remember him. And then uh, Wes Welker was a big one. I was like, dude, yeah. oh yeah, Wes Welker was a badass. Um, surprisingly, someone told me this. I, I didn't double check it. I could be wrong. You might know this or not. Never won a Super Bowl. Did he not? From what I, someone told me that Wes Welker never won a Super Bowl, and I was like, wait, no. I feel like. It kind of sounds almost right. 
I'm 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 looking it up. I don't believe that for yeah, a second. Check that out. Um, right now we do have a current 83 uh, in the NFL. Tyler Boyd. He's part of pretty much a three-man wrecking crew at wide receiver for the Bengals. He's pretty good. I like him. And then a couple that I looked up that I didn't like, just like know of. Terry Glenn, another big cowboy. Uh, Dion Branch, another patriot. And then Dante Stallworth and Santana Moss. Santana Moss, man, he was a badass. That's a throwback name for me right there. Oh, those yeah. are some good 83s. I, I love Santana Moss. Was, he was one of my favorite players growing up. Oh, yeah, same. Um, yeah, w- uh, Wes Welker lost three Super Bowls but never won one. Isn't that insane? It's it's wild. He left the Patriots, I think, the year before they won. Yeah, when he went to Denver. No, two years before they won. So he lost two Super Bowls in New England, and then he lost one with the Broncos. Damn. I I would not have guessed that. Right? I didn't know would that not either. Have it. I was like, but no way. And I, lost, I didn't end up looking it up. But. The, the undefeated Patriots lost... And then he lost in 2011 with the Patriots and 2013 with the Broncos. Yep. When the first play of the game was a snap over Peyton Manning's head against the Legion of Boom. So it was destined to happen. (laughs) Yeah. There was one other 83 that you would never have guessed. Because I wouldn't have. Not only did I not know that he wore 83 at any point in his career, but I didn't know that he played for the team that he that he played for at all, much less that he wore 83 for them. And that is um, the person that Aurora would knows as Tormund, because he looks like Tormund from Game of Thrones. Okay. <laughs> Do you know who I'm talking about yet? No, I don't think so. Okay, so Justin Turner. He doesn't look like Tormund anymore. Oh, okay. I could definitely see it. Yeah. Okay. Um, But Justin Turner, third baseman most famously for the Dodgers, currently plays for the Red Sox. He came up with the Orioles and wore 83 when he got his first cup of coffee with the Orioles. That is crazy. A long time ago now. I, I knew that he played for the Mets before he played for the Dodgers. I have no memory of him ever playing, and I've looked at his baseball reference a bunch of times. I have no memory of him ever being on the Orioles. You could have given me 30 guesses, and I would not have guessed Orioles for when, what team he debuted with. Me neither, dude. <laughs> maybe if you, gave me, if you gave me 30, I'd eventually get there. But, <laughs> yeah, he played for the Orioles for, like, you know, parts of one season and then part of another season. And he wore 83 for the Orioles. Dang. Riley Leonard getting after it. Go, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, dude. So I, we both have Duke and Clemson on. And Clemson, uh, Duke just took the lead. In big and fashion. Duke big is kind of out. Duke has outplayed Clemson in this game. If it wasn't for that, for that mistake by the punt returner early in the game. Duke would probably be up like 20 to nothing at least. Yeah. Damn. That was crazy. And uh, just a shameless plug. I've got money on Duke to win the game. Not <laughs> not, not cover the spread. Win the win. game. 
Dang, bro. You're picking a, a top 10 to lose? I was 3-1 and one this weekend, and if Duke wins, I'll be 4-1 I'll be four and one this week. Very nice, very nice. Throwing them, anyway, throwing them penny bets down. Just to uh, just to finish just to finish eighty three for the eighty three seasons for the champions we've got the Orioles speaking of Orioles over <laughs> over the Phillies in nineteen eighty three World Series you've got the Raiders over the Redskins that's the defending champion Redskins at that point dang in the Super Bowl that was a big one 30, 38 to nine yeah Santana Moss Redskin and Jet famously. And then back to being and back to the Redskins, I believe. I think you're right. He on. went Washington, New York, Washington, in his career. And then uh, NBA, we've got 76ers over Lakers. That was a rematch from the previous year where the Lakers had beat the 76ers. The uh, Sixers got their revenge. That's the only 76ers title. Doctor J, Doctor J, and them. Yes, Doctor J, Moses Malone. Uh, were the two main main players on that team. I think it's Not the year AI. before they got Barkley. Not AI, no. <laughs> AI was uh, 15 years away <laughs> in basketball. AI in like the world was like 20 years away. <laughs> and then 1983 was the first ever title for the U. University oh, of Miami dang. first first title Howard Schnellenberger, dang. and then he left that year to go play to go uh, coach in the USFL. Who he ended up winning U- the battle of USFL Miami job this weekend? Uh, the Florida team did did end up winning it. Oh, uh, it was so thirty eight to three. So yeah, they they still have to be Miami of Ohio. They can't just dang. be Miami still. Uh, maybe like that should be a yearly a yearly game. Like I, I think it should be a yearly game. I like it. It's, I like it's it just a lot. like it's it wouldn't work for scheduling, but Texas and and Tennessee should play every year for the right to be able to call be called UT. Yeah, I agree with you that. Know, one. Oh, uh, Oregon Oklahoma, and Oklahoma, Oklahoma State and. And Ohio uh, State o- and Oregon State and Ohio State, those three should play every year. And who has the best? <laughs> they can be OSU. Like we just need to get these games going, you know. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, anyway, that's that's a eighty-three. Those are the titles from nineteen eighty-three. Those are the number players that wore eighty-three. Let's 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 get let's get on to the actual stuff. I mean, we've had some good stuff, man. Uh, so this week in baseball, I have great stuff. I don't know what you're talking about. Fair, great, <laughs> fantastic, stellar, perfect. Uh, <laughs> so this week in baseball, and, and very symmetrical. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, one thing that's kind of funny that happened. He actually is on a. a a negative note and a positive note this week. Uh, Pete Alonzo. So apparently right. he had mentioned that he will not go for pop flies until something contract wise or something happens. Or they stop. Until he gets his new deal or something? Yes. And he got a pop fly and did not move. 
and Jeff McNeil had to <laughs> sprint over there from second base to catch the ball. And he even was like, wow, dude, like, seriously? And, yeah, Pete Alonso just stood on first base because there was a runner on first, so he was holding him on to begin with. Then in the pop fly, he just stood there. Didn't even go for it at all. And I was like, dang, I guess uh, I guess he's kind of serious about that. <laughs> um, but on a good note, the reason that they should probably just go ahead and pay the man, uh, he has now had his third 40 home run season and his first five seasons. And remember, one of them was cut short due to COVID. And then in his other one, he actually had 37. So he was right there. I mean, one of the best power hitters for the Mets of all time already at this point. He, with his third 40 home run season, he now ties all other Mets combined for 40 home run seasons. <laughs> so I'd say that that's pretty good. <laughs> um, the, the man knows how to hit a homer. Let's just say that. Yes. Uh, and there were actually only four other people. So he becomes the fifth to ever have three or to have three 40 home run seasons within their first five seasons. Would you like to throw any guesses out there? So he's the you fourth, you said? He's the fifth. So there's four other fifth. people. I will give you one little hint. Two of them are already Hall of Famers. One should be, and the other one had a project trajectory for Hall of Fame. I don't know if we'll get there now. So I'm going to guess Mark McGuire. is not on the list, but not a bad guess. Okay. And it's 40 homers, three of the first five seasons. Correct. Trying to think of guys that hit that came out of the out of the gates firing. He says two Hall of Famers, right? So mm-hmm. I'm gonna guess Willie Mays. I don't think he had oh, very many forty no. homers seasons though. Not on the list. I'll give you one more <sighs> Willie McCovey. Not a bad guess. No. The one I thought you might have gotten one of them. The other ones are kinda hard. Not necessarily, but Ralph Kiner. Okay. Uh, Eddie Matthews. Okay. So those are the two Hall of Famers. Uh, Albert Pujols, who is mm, going to be a, a Hall of Famer. That's the one I that, thought you would a, get. That that's a miss. That's a right? miss. I think of Albert early on as being a thirty home run guy, but no, you're yeah. That that's so, a miss. And then Ryan Howard. Ooh. Okay. That's the one where I felt like yeah. he had some seasons where he. He was on a trajectory to maybe be a Hall of Famer. I don't know if he'll get there now, but he no, was really not. good there for a little while. Yeah, Ryan Howard, man. He was great, and then he was not. Yeah. And it, it all goes back to that injury. I think he tore his ACL or something, and he was just never the same. Never the same. Agreed. Which is weird for like a home run guy to never be the same after. I, I'm pretty sure it was it was an ACL or MCL. It was some kind of knee injury. I think is what did him in. I don't really remember, but man, he was good for the Phillies for a while. It was yeah. it was fun to watch him hit the ball. Yeah, I mean, very similar to Pete. He was like a left-handed Pete Alonso. Just yeah, like they're they don't do a ton. Like they're not the best defensive defensively at first. You know, they're not you know, hitting a ton of doubles and they're not hitting for a hugely big average. Like it's, they hit homers. Like they're, they're yeah. here to hit homers. Yep. And they hit a lot of them. <laughs> right. Yep. So yeah, weird thing though, for Pete on, on two different ends of the spectrum this week, 
but of course, of course he is because it, he's a Met. <laughs> yeah, I mean the Mets are always gonna Mets around, you know. Mets around it's it's in the, the contract. Rangers. It's 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 in yeah the Rangers outmets the Mets. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> in that one, in that in that oh, that extra inning game, uh, whatever day it was, they outmets the Mets, and that's yeah. impressive. Yeah, that they need to commended. figure out that bullpen because at this juncture, they're not winning a playoff series with them. Speaking of the Rangers, oh, no. um, <laughs> the Rangers, the Rangers and Astros combined to make make some history today. I don't oh, know if dang, you saw okay. this. I didn't. I saw that they lost, and it was sad, and that's all I wanted to see. <laughs> um, the game was fun. It was a lot of fun as an Astros fan. But Altuve and Mauricio Dubon, which Dubon, um, for people who don't know about Mauricio Dubon, not a power hitter. Not a guy that hits a lot of homers. I think he had like four homers all year. Dang, okay. It's probably, it's probably more than that, but it seemed like that. Dubon and Altuve combined for back-to-back homers twice today. Oh, dang. That is the first time in MLB history that the nine hole and the one hole went back-to-back twice in the same game. Okay, I'm not as – I thought you were just going to say the same two going back-to-back twice in the game. I was like, whoa. But no, that makes a little bit more sense. Okay, that is pretty wild. But yeah, first time that the nine – and and one spots in the order. Traditionally, two spots in the order that are not going to hit a lot of home runs. <laughs> Dang, Go so back he, to back in the same game. I guess traditionally, leadoff homers are happening more and more. However, yeah, that right. is pretty crazy, especially if, like you said, he did not even have like double digits on the season. <laughs> yeah, he. I just he looked. He had seven. He had seven coming into today. And he hit two today. Yeah, that's insane. That's pretty dope. And Why did we're in September, so it was like seven for the season means seven in five months. <laughs> he, hits, <laughs> exactly. he hits like one homer a month, but he hit two today. Um, somebody that uh, hit a, a bigger milestone than that, much bigger. Um, Bryce Harper hit his 300th home run this week, which was pretty exciting. And... Apparently he's absolutely loving being in Philly, and I hope they love him too because that's a long contract. So he <laughs> he better love being in Philly. And then, have you seen? I mean, I know you've seen what he's been doing all season, but like, did you see he finally kind of accomplished a, a Cunha Junior um, after hitting his thirtieth home run? Now cements himself in history as the first player ever to have thirty home runs and sixty stolen bases. I did see that. Yeah. So, Congratulations, Ronald. Yeah, that's absolutely insane. I know the rules have changed, and so we might actually see some other people get into that category. But as for now, he's the only one. I don't know. I mean, 60 is a ton of steals. Like, that's leading the league in steals, and, and 30 is a lot of homers, too. Guys that, can, guys that can steal, like... So 60 this season's probably like 50 last season or 40 last 45 last season. The the list of guys that can steal 40 plus bases is not that long. The list of guys that can hit 30 home runs is not that long. The guys that the list of guys that could potentially do both is not very long. 
Yeah, that's actually really true. It is pretty 60 crazy. 60 is still 60. Yeah, so he, on his 30th home run, it was actually a grand slam, which is kind of cool. Um, so he really hit himself into the history books on that one. Um, and then he was actually three steals shy of a 40 40 in 2019. So he's trying to hopefully maybe become one, two, three, the fifth player with a 40 40. Yeah, 40 40 is rarefied air. Do you know the other four that have done it? So I think Maze has a 40 40, if I'm not wrong. He's not. Okay. Bonds. Barry Bonds in 1996. Mantle? Nope, no Mantle. A couple of them I feel like, or one of them you, I feel like you could get, but the other one I don't know. Orlando Cepeda? Not a bad, whoa, whoa, what a, not a bad guess. I haven't heard that name in a long time. No, he's... <laughs> All right, I, I'm Okay, uh, so the first one was uh, Jose Canseco in 1988. Okay, that one doesn't count. <laughs> uh, Barry Bonds in 96. Uh, A-Rod in 98. Okay. And then Alfonso Soriano in 2000. Oh, yeah. I forgot about the Alfonso Soriano. Uh, That was one I thought maybe you could pull out here. (laughs) I forgot about that one. I I know that. I completely spaced on that one. Yeah, so so Acuna Jr. is trying to join that exclusive club in which... He's got a lot of work. Three of them are pretty stained in their careers, Conseco, Bonds, and A-Rod. Yeah, I mean, Bonds and A-Rod, as far as we know, we're not using at the time Beforehand, that they did those. true. But Conseco definitely was. <laughs> yes, and there was no doubt about it. <laughs> uh, he also, Acuna, uh, this week actually did get married the day that he did that, which congrats to him. That's pretty awesome. And he hit... 121.2 mile per hour home run this week for the hardest hit in the MLB this year. Yeah, that that's getting it. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's insane. So he's just he's having himself a season. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see whether he still wins the MVP or whether Betts ends up take ends up taking it from him. Agreed. They did have a really fun head-to-head weekend this weekend. Um, and as far as the teams go, uh, the Braves kind of took that one. I believe it was uh, two of three, if not three of yeah. four. I think it was two of three. Two of th- and I did see that the Braves are the first team to reach 90 wins this year. So congratulations, Braves, on that. Yeah, they're, they're still looking like the team to beat. Um, Matt Olson hit a little bit of a slump, but he finally hit another home run for the first time in like, I think it was like 10 games or something like that, which is pretty, pretty big slump for how he was hitting them. Um, but it looks like he's finding it again. And yeah, they're, they're still the team to beat. Yes. hundred percent. They're, they are the most complete team in all of baseball. Hands down. No question. It's going to be fun to see, uh, see if they can actually finish. Uh, you mentioned that that Acuna got his thirtieth homer on a grand slam. Have you seen what what uh, Royce Lewis has been doing? Well, I do have him down as having being the first Minnesota Twin to have back to back games with a grand slam. Not only that, 
Okay. Did you know that? Did you know that he also hit a grand slam today? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. He is the fourth player in the history of baseball to have four to have three grand slams in an eight game sp- stretch. Dude. Uh, do you want? It? No, I'm just kidding. I, I want to guess, guess one. one. Fernando okay. Tatis. No. Because <laughs> he hit the two in the one <laughs> inning. I just figured, yeah. maybe. <laughs> All he had to do was get one in exactly. any other game within a seven game, so within seven games either side of that one game. But no, he didn't. <laughs> uh, Larry Parrish. No. Larry Parrish in 1982. Jim Northrup in 1968. And then Lou Gehrig in 1931. So one okay. big name and yes. two that I've never heard of in my life. Same. I wanted to even say, oh, you know, old, and but I already couldn't even remember their names. Yeah, just in one ear, <laughs> out the other. Had to write them yep. down. I didn't even write but down I do Lou Gehrig because I can remember. Yeah, right. Yes, see? <laughs> <laughs> Dang, dude, that's insane. That is nuts. Three Grand Slams in eight games. It's crazy. That's like... He's playing Road to the Show. <laughs> right. I can't even do that in Road to the Show. Exactly. I've one Grand Slam in my Road to the Show. <laughs> I don't know if I have. I might have. <laughs> and I, I'm like three years in, and or four years in, and I've got. I think I've gotten one, maybe two Grand Slams, like total. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, AOS is still crazy. Yes, it is. If you didn't know, mm-hmm. I'm sure you know. Yeah, but. Astros got swept over the weekend. They're the Astros are terrible at home. Like it's so weird the way that this happens. But like they're if you look at the Astros record, away from home, they're the Atlanta Braves. At home, they're like the San Francisco Giants. <laughs> record wise. They're one game over five hundred at home. They're like sixteen games over five hundred on the road. Dang. Almost like y'all are trying to prove like you aren't cheating or something. <laughs> yeah. So it's actually weird. The Astros have had a better road record than they have a home record pretty much every year since like 2015. It's it's a little strange, but that's just the way that it is, I guess. Yeah. But they beat the Rangers today. Uh, kind of whooped that ass. It was fun. They'll play again tomorrow, but. Had to say that. I was <laughs> I was thinking of my next thought, and you just got away with it. And no, nah, man, no. I was just going to say, get it in while I can. Fair enough. Uh, I can kind of see how maybe road could be better than home, just because on the road it, you're, it's a job. You got your job to do. When you're at home, it, it's a little bit more relaxed, and so I'm not too surprised about that. Which, I mean, honestly, when the Rangers and Astros play, whether it's here or in Houston, it's kind of a 50-50 crowd. It's, oh, it's almost time. a new, it's almost a neutral site game. Especially when the Rangers are actually good. Or right. when they're both actually good. Because we've when definitely had good. stretches of one being good and the other not. So. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think what, what the Astros and Rangers both should do is when they play each other, just, like, put a whole section and be like, these are where, like, in European soccer, this is, is something that's interesting that they do in, in European soccer. But they have the home section, and then they have the away section. 
and it's usually behind one of the goals is the away section and you know a, a 30,000 seat stadium will have like 5,000 away tickets and those are sold exclusively to the road team for every game what the Rangers and Astros should do is just like let's just say like right field like the right field bleachers is the away team <laughs> and just kind of have a little bit of like the college football like you know yeah I was gonna say and, college and, football does that to keep yeah, it like, separated Texas when Texas and Oklahoma play it's split at the 50 yard line we don't yeah. need to go that extreme because that's pretty still, sweet though. there still should be a home field advantage but just like have like the right field section like up and down be the away team that just keep everybody separated and it'd just, be kind of fun like it'd be cool it'd be fun I agree yeah um, it would never happen because people buy tickets anywhere they want. But no, nope. it's not like Texas and Oklahoma. Like Texas and Oklahoma, like you research where your tickets are to make sure you're with your own people. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, the ALS, though, like you said, is crazy. Uh, Seattle actually just set their club record with 21 wins in a month. Yeah, which is crazy considering that the the 2001 Mariners exist. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So that shows what uh, what they're really actually doing right now, which is insane. During that same span, something crazy that happened for the AL West as well, if I can find where I put it. Oh, yeah, right here. Uh, the Rangers actually became the first team in MLB baseball uh, to win eight games in a row and lose eight games in a row in a single 22-game stretch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So the AL West has been crazy because, like you said, Houston even just got swept, but then they just beat the Rangers today. Seattle's doing what they're doing. And then the crazy part about them setting a club record for 21 wins in a month, you have the Dodgers over here that just had their 24th win in a month. Yeah. So it kind of sets puts that into perspective as well. But this is going to be a fun stretch down the uh, stretch. <laughs> kind of sounded funny um, for for the AL West though, man. It's going to be fun, and the the AL wild card. I mean, in general, it is exciting right now. So. Yeah, don't forget about the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays are right there. Exactly. They're they're a half game behind the Rangers, a game and a half behind the Astros. They're just kind of chugging along. Nobody's really talking about them. Oh, Clemson just messed up. They just fumbled a snap. I an exchange Not between surprised. the quarterback and a running back. Dang. They're inside the ten yard line. I think Duke has it. Duke is up six. Ooh, that game's getting interesting. Anyway, we gotta we gotta we gotta keep moving here. Yes, we do. Um, so uh, I got a couple other baseball things I wanted to know. I did mention the Dodgers. Um, you had mentioned Mookie. I mean, Mookie and Freddie Freeman have been on fire. That team has been come, not necessarily coming out of the work because those are MVP candidates. But, like, the rest of the team is stepping up and actually playing really well. But then you have Clayton Kershaw tied Don Drysdale with his 209th career win. He only has one guy in front of him for uh, career wins for the L.A. Dodgers, and that would be Don Sutton with 233. So he, if he plays again next year, which I believe it was just a one-year deal that he signed, so we'll see if he decides to come back or not. But if he does, he should be able to, to make that. That'd be tough, but I think he could do it. Yeah. Kershaw's not as old as people. As, when you think of Clayton Kershaw, you you probably think of him being like the same age as Justin Verlander. He's not. He's like 35. It's, it feels that way, though, just because he's been so good for so long. And it's a matter of can you keep that up for so long. 
That's why yeah, I feel like he's not necessarily old. He's just been pitching for so long. Right, and he's he's had he's had some injuries. He's exactly thirty five. Um, he's had some injuries, and and that kind of makes you feel like he's older than he is. But he he's only thirty five. Like he could pitch for another five years if he really wanted to. Yeah, and the fact that the Dodgers keep staying relevant and basically, I mean, they're going to win their division. That if helps. Can, yeah, if you can keep doing that, you're going to be able to keep him around, and and he should finish his career with the Dodgers, and I think he could become the all time Dodger. Winning his pitcher. We'll see. Look in that direction. Um, two more things I have. Do you have anything else baseball-wise? I don't have anything else for baseball. Okay. So two more so. quick ones. Uh, Miggy had his first four-hit game since 2021. And on that night, he actually passed George Brett um, for fifth all-time on the hit list. And his next up would be Adrian Beltre. So Miggy... Could get there. It just depends on if he stays hot because he's actually been pretty hot lately. Um, and then to mention another AL West thing, although they are not in contention, Shohei records the 34th 40 20 season. Um, he is only the eighth player to do it multiple times. Do you want to throw any guesses out or do you want me to just tell you who they were? So 40 homers, 20 steals, same season? Yes. Multiple, seven, at least multiple times, yes. And there's, and there's seven, seven of them? Yep. Bonds? Yes. Mays? No. No. Maybe I'm thinking Mays has more stolen bases than he actually has. I, th- I guess so, yeah. Or maybe he just doesn't have as many 40 home. Maybe he's had a ton of 30 home run seasons. Maybe that too. Yeah, we'll have to go look. Um, Bagwell? Bagwell's on there. That's why I definitely wanted you to guess. I knew, you, <laughs> I knew you'd get that one. Uh, Henry Aaron, Hammer and Hank. He's on there. Um, I'm trying to think of guys that that would steal, but also hit forty home runs. There's not a ton of those type of guys. Nope. You got uh, four more. Uh, Two of them, I feel like you should get. Just, just go ahead and give them. Okay, to me. maybe so Pujols. A- is Pujols on the list? No, no steals for Pujols. I know Pauls is really good at stealing bases despite not being fast. <laughs> right. But uh, but no, uh, so A-Rod, Conseco, the aforementioned crazy guy, uh, the kid, King Griffey Jr., mm, and then uh, Sean nice. Green. Dodgers, long time yes. ago. Yes. He, like, early in his career, he looked like he was going to be one of the all-time greats. He did. He did. He was really good. So, um. Yeah, so Shohei does that, and then the Angels get swept by the A's. <laughs> well, you know, the Angels are gonna angel. <laughs> that's just that's just going to happen. I mean, <laughs> the Angels are so bad. Yeah, they are. Goodness, so. Bad. But by the way, that's why I think the argument for Shohei to at least continue hitting this season when he knows he's about to be out for a while isn't that bad. Because, look, he just made more history. Yeah, I would just go ahead and get the surgery if I was him. Which it looks like that's what he's probably going to do now. But I just wanted to correct that Miguel Cabrera's 18th all-time. Oh, I definitely wrote that wrong. I read it wrong. I have it written in a weird pen. It, 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 It seemed wrong to me, but I just wanted to make sure. 
It sounded and, wrong when I said that because I didn't think Adrian <laughs> Beltre was fourth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's yeah. Uh, so he he's eighteenth. Beltre is seventeenth. Whoops. Um, he he could potentially get all the way up to sixteenth with Cal Ripken Jr. Uh, he doesn't have enough time with his retiring at the end of the season. He doesn't have enough time to get past um, Nap Lajori, who is fifteenth. Uh, How could I forget about him? Yeah, we we all know about about old Nap, who played from eighteen ninety six to nineteen sixteen. All right, we don't get we don't get stuff wrong very often on here, but sometimes we do. It happens. Yeah, I just I had to check because I this just it didn't see it didn't sound right to me. So I, I appreciate sure. it. I appreciate it. No, but uh, did did you feel that? What did I feel? I think I think it's getting colder. I think fall's coming in. I think marching bands are playing. We do have some football, <laughs> some actual, real football. Yes, that matters. We had oh. we had a mostly full slate on Saturday. We had some games on Sunday. Some games going on right now. A couple of games on Friday and Thursday, but. A mostly full slate on Saturday, right? So I, I did. College learn. is here. I'm not. I'm not feeling cool falling. But <laughs> no, it's still hot. It's college still football hot. is here. It did rain a little bit yesterday. True, out of nowhere. So you know we got that. We got a little bit of rain here in Texas, which is rare this time of year. Right. Uh, we Definitely haven't had helped. rain for quite a while at this point. But yeah, college football, man. It was a lot of fun. I a lot of fun. Uh, I set my ass down and was it was and was watching games all day on Saturday. I didn't get Do to watch have... as much as I really wanted to. Cuz I had three drafts on Saturday. Right. Did you watch the Colorado TCU game? That's the the main thing I wanted to ask you. So for that one, um Casa had a bowling tournament this Saturday. So we were up at the bowling alley for that, but they had it on and I kept going back and forth and man, Oh man, it was exciting. It's all I was seeing about on social media too. Yeah. I was, so I was shocked at how competent Colorado looked because they, they took like literally an entire new team. Like they've, these guys have never played together. Any of them. Like, the entire team, pretty much, is made up of transfers. It's like 80% of the team. Right. So, like, they've got talent on the roster, but because they had never played together, you're, you're kind of like, well, there's no way it's going to work, gonna right? Yeah. Like, there's no way that they're going to look cohesive. By God, they fucking look cohesive. Yeah, they did. When you got a guy that, that people legit actually want to play for, like they look good. They looked like a legit football team that had that wasn't thrown together over the summer. That has played together before. This was their first time playing together. Like yep. I can't I can't stress that enough. Like how and I mean this in the most complimentary way possible. They looked competent. Which is not what I expected. I did not expect them to look competent. Yeah, I mean, and cohesive. And not only, I mean, obviously, Dion being there, it's a big name. He's going to draw a lot of attention. But regardless, uh, 
a first-year head coach in his debut against a team that was just in the in the national championship last year, regardless of how good TCU is or isn't, that's huge. That's huge. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter who the head coach was. Like you said, to be able to bring in so many transfers like that and to be on such a big stage like that week one and to come out there and get it done is huge. And it was super exciting. I felt like every time I went back to the TV, someone else was in, in, the, in the lead. It was just yeah. ridiculous. Dude, it was, it was such a fun game to watch. It was back and forth. Like, that's the type of game – we're just watching it. You're like, this is what college football is about. It was back and forth. You had no idea who was going to win the game. It, there were big plays all over the place. There was shifting momentum. Travis Hunter, like, oh my God. Travis Hunter is... I, I'm trying not to be hyperbolic. I'm trying <laughs> not to overreact to one game. But like, if he can do this for a whole season... And for those that don't know, Travis Hunter, it was the number one overall recruit in the entire country heading into like the recruiting cycle of two years ago. So the 2022 recruiting cycle for the 2022 season, the number one recruit was Travis Hunter. And he went to Jacksonville State or Jackson State to play for Dion. He is... He was number one, whether he was going to be a receiver or a corner, he was going to be number one because he's just that talented. He goes to Jackson State. He plays both sides, wide receiver and defensive back. He comes to, to Colorado. People are thinking he's going to have to pick one. Like you can't, you can't play wide receiver and corner yeah. at the power five level. Nobody does that. Travis Hunter does that at least for one week. Yeah. And he was, he's elite. At both. Dang, I'll be honest. I didn't even realize that. That is badass. The dude played like 130 snaps on Saturday. Offense and defense combined. Is that like the new Shohei of football? Is that like... That's what I'm getting at. That's what I'm I'm trying not to be hyperbolic, but if he plays the rest of the season playing offense and defense, like he is the Shohei of college football. And like he's elite, man. That's awesome. He had... He had 10 catches for 119 yards. He had like three deflections as a corner. He had an interception, which was like all-world interception, where he breaks off the receiver because he sees the, 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 the back leaking out to the end zone. And he cuts across, breaks off the route, and cuts, cuts across and snatches the ball out of the running back's hands for an interception, saving a touchdown. Jeez, that is insane. That's exciting. That's a guy that we're going to have to keep an eye on. This dude is unreal. Like He could have had two touchdowns offensively, but there was uh, he got overthrown on one deep ball that would have been a touchdown, uh, like just barely overthrown. And then there was another one that I think got negated by a penalty. Otherwise, he had two touchdowns on offense and an interception on saving touchdown on a defense. This dude's insane. Shohei he's insanely stuff. talented. That is insane. That's awesome. And he's somebody to watch. Like he might be one of the ten best players in college football already. I mean, I'll be honest. I'm surprised we haven't really seen too much of that uh, already, just because of the fact that in high school and when you're younger, I mean, you already do that, and like you kind of have to learn two different positions. And I'm surprised that yeah. nobody's taken it to the next level. 
I think it's just that there's so there's not very many people that are good enough at or have both the endurance to I mean, start. That, that takes to, a yeah to have the endurance. True, but even with the endurance part of it, like because the last one that that really did it at a super high level was uh, Dion, <laughs> <laughs> right? And even he wasn't a full time receiver; he was a full time defensive back and part time receiver. You know, we've had guys that, that have done it somewhat in the past. Like Devin Hester kind of did it in the NFL a little bit where he would play I mean, dude, sometimes. As I don't like know if you remember. Or a fifth receiver. But I remember J.J. Watt going in on offense. <laughs> yeah, we've had like defensive players go in as like a tight end for a play or two. But, <laughs> right. You know, this is a little different. Yeah, no, that's definitely different. That's, that's awesome, though. I mean, they did look really good. I, I do have to say – we did mention that we thought TCU was going to take quite a bit of a step back. I mean, yeah, technically a ranked team lost, but should they have really been ranked by what team they are now? We don't know. I think they still deserve to be ranked. But you think Colorado should be then too? Oh, God. Clemson just fumbled the ball inside the 10-yard line going in to try and score. Duke picks it up and runs the ball all the way back to like the 18. Oh, no. Oh, no. Quarterback saved it? I think so. Yeah, quarterback saved it. Hey, never give up on a play, kids. We're in the fourth quarter now. Duke might actually win this game. Wow. So by definition of upset in college football, we would have three. This one would be the biggest actual upset of of the three, though. Absolutely. Yes. Because the other upset would technically be Colorado TCU. Which which is an upset. It it is an upset. It is. It is. Because, like, nobody knew what to expect from Colorado. True. Very true. But now we're expecting quite a bit, so we'll see if they can. The expectations were super low. Not anymore. Not anymore. No. No. Uh, The other uh, upset, by definition, would be uh, Florida State with a big statement win over Brian Kelly's LSU. Whereas... You were going to ask me, like, if I was alarmed by anything or if I saw somebody playing better than I thought. No, I'm a, I'm a little bit alarmed by LSU. They didn't look very good. Um, it was a close game for a while. And then Florida State and Jordan Travis, is that right? Uh, the quarterback? Yes, Jordan Travis. Uh, he was playing his ass off, and they end up having a huge win in the second half. Yeah, which, I mean, you talk about being disappointed in LSU, like, I, I'm more impressed by by Florida State than mm-hmm. I was disappointed in LSU, I think. Because like Florida State they've been talked they've been talked up a lot all off season. True. They've had some really good transfer portal additions and they had a really good year last year, but it was their first good year in a long time. And so like I was kind of skeptical of how good the team actually is. You know their their talent composite. When like you look at like the the recruiting rankings and everything, like the talent doesn't seem to be there like it is with some of the other higher profile teams. True. I really liked what I saw from them. Agreed. They looked really and good. They, they made me a believer, a, a believer in the sense of like, can they win a national title or compete for a national title? Because I, I did already have them as winning the ACC. I thought that that was that that was something they could do. But I think that their ceiling is a little bit higher than I thought it was. I agree. I think that was a big win. And 
Touche with the whole uh, more impressed by Florida State than disappointed with LSU. I just felt like LSU came out in the second half flat. That was one game that I did get to watch um, quite a bit of, and it just felt like they came in flat in the second half, whereas the first half they competed. I mean, they were right there with Florida State, punching back and forth. So that's where I just felt like they kind of lost it a little bit towards the end. But, yeah, agreed. I'm very impressed by Florida State. I, I agreed with you. I do think they will win the ACC. And when you win the ACC, you're giving yourself a shot. And if you can continue to play like they did against a top team like LSU is supposed to be, then they're they're looking pretty good this year. Yeah, and we'll we'll see what Florida State looks like the rest of the season. You know, they lost to to Florida State last year, and then you know they still ended up reaching the the SEC title game. So we'll we'll see what Brian Kelly does. Brian Kelly is a really good coach, so agreed. He's going to have them ready to play their SEC schedule. I can guarantee that. Um, I think the one of the biggest takeaways that I had from from this weekend was. And I, I've talked about, I th- like I love Drake May at North Carolina. I think okay. he's, oh yeah, I think he's right up there with Caleb Williams. And I know a lot of people don't want to put him on that Caleb Williams level. I think he's right there as far as quarterbacking goes. He looked really good. Uh, he looked he looks fine. He looked like Drake May. Their defense looked a lot better than than what it does what it has the last couple of years. The last couple of years, their defense has been a cakewalk. I mean, they gave up like 35 to Appalachian state in like the last five minutes of a game last year. Yeah. <laughs> but their defense looked a lot better this, this year in their opening game. And it wasn't against a nobody. It was, it was against South Carolina. It was against the sec team. Right. And their defense looked good. That front seven looked good. And if that's not a flash in the pan, like if that defense is going to be as good as it looked against South Carolina, North Carolina might be the second best team in the ACC. Agreed. It will be tough for them to take out a a team like Florida State. However, they they are the next best thing. I I agree with you there. Drake May is a top quarterback in college football, and I don't know if I am ready to put him up there, like you said, on that – Caleb Williams level quite yet, um, but he could get there. I definitely could see that being being where he could get. So it'll be fun Duke to watch. Just, Duke just scored to go up by two touchdowns. Oh, that didn't. That wasn't an easy score either. No, it wasn't. Dang. All right, I just have one one more thing really for college football that I need to get in there before we can get into a little bit of NFL before we run out of time. Um. <laughs> Oh, you almost it, lost. No, we didn't. 73 to nothing. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, Iowa. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, Iowa scored a passing touchdown. They threw a touchdown pass on their opening drive of a season for the first time since 1991. Um, I was born in 1991. I am 30 years old. (laughs) I'm 31. Iowa has not scored until this week. Iowa had not scored a passing touchdown on their opening drive of a season in my lifetime until this year. (laughs) That's insane. 
That touchdown pass was a 36-yard touchdown pass. Their longest pass last season, total, touchdowns, non-touchdowns, at all. Just total touchdown passes, or total passes last season. Their longest pass was 29 yards. Their first <laughs> touchdown pass this on their first drive this season was 36 yards. That's insane. <laughs> That's so Iowa. And they still didn't even reach the like minimum need to score this number of points in order to save their offensive coordinator, Brian Ferentz's job. They scored 24. They need to average 25, and that was one of the worst defenses that they're going to play all season. So they're probably still not going <laughs> to score. They looked good. Their first two drives, they went down and scored like nothing. And it was like, oh, oh, Iowa. They got a quarterback now. They might be like not terrible on offense. They still only scored 24. So they're still not going to be good on offense. So, oh man, I love Iowa. Yep, they're going to be fun to watch. See them grind out those ten to seven games. Yeah, I, I love <laughs> Iowa. Iowa's great. So college football this week, I give it a I give it an A. It was fun. It was, it was fun. fun, and we've got a good a good one going right now. So, yes, this is. I'm really intrigued by this game that we have going on right now. I I am too. Um, but let's let's get to the NFL before we run out of time. We and... are here. We're here. It is football season. Time for the grown men to play some football too. <laughs> I always make that joke. I do like college football. Don't hate on me. Um, but I am super stoked for the NFL to finally be here. Um, I do have my top 10 in power rankings because we are limited on time. And for football season this year, we are going to try and do just one episode a week. And so we might have to shorten a couple of the things we might have done a little bit more depth in last year. So without further ado, I will start my top 10 in the power rankings for the NFL this season. And Let's do it. I'm going to go from number 10 to number 1. So coming in at number 10, it was that's a tough one when you got the it's kind of like the bubble number when you're looking at the top 10. I ha- I had to go ahead and, and get New York Jets in my top 10 cuz wow. When Impressive. you when you look at their team as a whole before they even brought Aaron Rodgers in, they had weapons. They had a good defense. They've got a defensive head coach. And they had some weapons on offense. Brees Hall, dealing with some injuries, but a badass. Uh, Garrett Wilson. I like Brees Hall. Yes, Garrett Wilson, one of the best young receivers in the NFL. Um, and then they also, not only do they bring in one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, as much as I hate to say it, he is. He's probably the most accurate quarterback of all time. He is one of the best. So when you bring in a guy like Aaron Rodgers and you add it to – the weapons that they already have, and then you also bring in Dalvin Cook. I forgot to mention they still have Michael Carter. Um, you bring in Alan Lazard, one of Aaron Rodgers' favorite targets already. Um, Miko Hardman, uh, who just won the Super Bowl with the Kansas City Chiefs. And then Randall Cobb, one of his old faithfuls, just to kind of help with the younger guys and stuff. That's huge. Not only on offense, they also bring in C.J. Mosley on defense. So right now, I think the Jets – are good enough to possibly be a playoff team. I don't know if they will actually get that done, 
because they are in a tough division and the AFC is stacked this year. But I do really like how they're constructed right now, and I think they could be. Okay. Jets at number 10. Jets at 10. So coming in at number 9, we've got the Baltimore Ravens. Ooh. I do still like the Ravens. You don't have I'd to have worry them. about what? I think, I think I'd have them a little higher, but go ahead. A little higher, okay. Um, you don't have to worry about the, uh, the contract talk with Lamar anymore. Um, you bring in some weapons like OBJ, Nelson Aguilar. They draft Zay Flowers. They still have Rashad Bateman, like Mark Andrews, best tight end in the league, arguably. So I do think they have a really good offense. I am a little worried about their defense. That's where I maybe have them a little bit lower. Uh, but this will be uh, the second year of Roquan Smith playing for him after being traded last year. So I think that they do have the chance to definitely climb up that ladder. But it's just tough. Like I said, the AFC is so stacked. It's hard to figure out who who is higher or lower at this point in the season so far. But I have them coming in at nine. I do also have to give a shout-out to Justin Tucker, best kid. Probably in the history of the NFL. The history, yeah. Coming in at um, number eight, who I think just edges them a little bit just because I think they were so close last year and they just had a little bit of a shitty second half to basically end their season. But the Los Angeles Chargers, I just really like this team. I like how their offense is put together. They get a new offensive mind in Kellen Moore this season. Herbert has been playing at a high level since he entered the league. If he can stay healthy and keep that going, that's going to be huge. They've got plenty of weapons on offense with Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Gerald Everett. They've got plenty of mouths to feed over there in Los Angeles. I almost said San Diego. I'm proud of myself. And I also think they've got some playmakers on defense. you got Bosa, Eric Kendricks, Derwin James, Khalil Mack over there, um, J.C. Jackson, Asante Samuel Jr. Like They've got pieces. They were also the number three passing offense last year, 269.6 yards per game passing-wise, and I expect them to continue that, especially with Kellen Moore being the, the play caller. The Chargers are the epitome of a show-it-to-me team for me. Like Agreed. They, they always look good on paper. I feel like they always have super talented players, but they just never put it together. And this is going back, you know, 15 years now where I feel like they they're kind of like the Cowboys in that in that instance where it's like man this this team's really talented and like they win some games now the Cowboys win more games than the Chargers do but the Chargers always seem to be really talented but just not quite good enough on the scoreboard like they kind of remind me of like kind of like an Angels yeah that's true where it's like they're really talented and now they're both in the same city but what does it mean and they're the second team in their city. So right. It, it kind of fits. Yeah, it definitely fits. Uh, but I have, I think they have the potential to definitely do something. Again, I'm going to say this every time I mention an AFC team. That AFC is stacked. Yeah. And it's until whole- somebody dethrones the Chiefs, then it's hard to say who's going to actually come out of the AFC besides yeah. them. So. It's, it's the hope that kills you, and it's the potential that gives you hope. So, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so number eight, Los Angeles Chargers uh, coming in at number seven. I, I really like this team. I want to put them higher, to be honest with you. Um, but it's another one where you got to show it to me. And it all comes down to their quarterback staying healthy. And that's the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins are so good on both sides of the football. 
but it all comes down to Tua being healthy. It all yeah. comes down to that. Um, they still had the number four passing offense at 265.4 yards per game with Tua missing in some of those games, and that's a huge thanks to Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, which I expect them to repeat basically what they did last year. Tyreek Hill's going for the first ever 2,000-yard receiving season. He wants to do that, but I don't think that's going to hinder Jalen Waddle at all. But both of those boil down to Tua staying healthy. He's got to stay healthy for this offense to do what it's supposed to do. Best one-two punch at receiver in the NFL? I Yeah, I think it is. I really do. They're just such good deep threats, but then you can also just dump it off to them and let them do the rest. So that's right. where I just think it's they're almost unstoppable. Um, and then you also add another highlight player in Devin A-Chain, especially with Jeff Wilson being hurt to start the season. That's going to just add another level to their offense. So. Yep. Hopefully he blows up. He's on my dynasty team. There you go. Exactly. So one one thing to note, though, I don't know if you know this. Uh, you might because you also have Jalen Waddle. But Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, not one receiving touchdown from someone other than Tua last year. Zero. Yeah, well, hopefully Tua stays healthy. That's the main thing. Like I said, Miami all boils down to Tua staying healthy. If he can stay healthy, I think they're one of the best teams. They were last year when he was healthy. Agreed. Yes, exactly. So so number seven, Miami. At number six, I've got another team that it all boils down to the quarterback play, and that's going to be the San Francisco 49ers. Some people are going to have them a little higher than me. I have them further down just because I really don't know what to expect at quarterback. And it's such a huge position. I know that they've got the weapons around them. I mean, Christian McCaffrey, one of the best in the game, also has to stay healthy. Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle. They bring in Elijah Mitchell. Like, they have the weapons, but you've got to have a quarterback that's able to actually do something with them. So with Brock Purdy, he showed that he can, but will he be able to do it again? So that's where I'm a little bit sheepish on the Niners. Yeah, I think Purdy Purdy can be a good kind of, I don't want to say game manager, but like game manager type of quarterback. But but can, can they be dynamic enough with him at quarterback? Exactly. I think is the question. Yeah, I mean, fortunately for them, on the opposite end of what I've been saying, the NFC is kind of wide open. Um, there's a couple really good teams at the top, and then other than that, it's hard to tell. So, so I already the, fear that you have one team too high. Not not necessarily too high, because that team is actually coming in next. Um, with the at number five, we've got the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, so I'm being I a little had modest. Them written down. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm being a little modest, but I really, really, really. Look forward to Dak getting a new play caller. He's had Kellen Moore in his ear the entire career. So to have Kellen Moore not there, I know it was just in the quarterback room for his first year, maybe even the second, I can't remember right now. Um, but to have a new play caller and to get to new, have a new system is going to be exciting. The fact that McCarthy is also the play caller now, I think adds to it because he's won a Super Bowl being the play caller and having one of the best quarterbacks, and he's going to have another really good quarterback and calling the plays for him as well so yeah i i'm a cowboys fan so i hope that it works but mccarthy taking over play calling duties screams desperation to me like that's like the first thing that a a coach that is on the hot seat that knows he's potentially about to get fired is going to do is like well if i'm going to go down i'm going to go down swinging give me the play calling i definitely agree with you i'm not going to argue with that however I think Mike McCarthy is the type where he can actually thrive in that kind of situation. So Maybe. not only that, but they add Brandon Cooks to this wide receiver core. Dude, 
I am super stoked about that. Brandon Cooks has the has number one potential. He has had problems with staying healthy. And then when he was in Houston, he didn't even want to be there. So the fact that he's somewhere he wants to be and he's got a really good quarterback throwing him the ball and he doesn't have to worry about the, being the one that's double teamed because we got C.D. Lamb over there, that's huge. I think that adds a whole other level to the offense. Um, so I think this should still be one of the best offenses in the NFL. Not only that, but they were also the third. They were third in the NFL in sacks last year, second in turnover differential. And it was the first time that they led the league in back-to-back seasons in takeaways. So not only do they have one of the best offenses in the NFL, but they also have a really good defense. And when you bring in Stephon Gilmore to add to Trayvon Diggs, I don't know who who's who you're going to throw the football to in that in that defense. Like, and then you got Micah Parsons breathing down your neck. Like, oh my gosh, I am so excited for the Cowboys this season. So I felt like I was a little modest having them at five, even though I I think they're the best team in the world. Um. Anyways, <laughs> I, I'm also a Cowboys fan. I think I think they're a bit high, but it's it's fine. It's your list. I'm excited. So, um, coming in at number four, some people have uh, the next two probably flipped, but I got number four at the Cincinnati Bengals. My main reason being, I am a little concerned about Joe Burrow because while he's on the field and he's healthy, that's arguably one of the best teams in in the NFL. But without Joe Burrow, it's a huge drop-off. And I know that's you can say that for every team, but he's already missed time. And it's also a, a, another lower leg injury that he's dealing with. So I'm a little worried about it, and especially how I saw him go off the field in training camp. So I'm a little concerned. That's why I have them a little bit further down. They were fifth in... Thank you. Um, they they do have one of the best wide receiver groups in the NFL. I do really like Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. They could fight Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill for possibly one of the best one-two punches. T. Higgins, I feel like it's overlooked a lot, but they're both very good. Joe Mixon has been pretty damn consistent since he's been in the league, and they bring in a rookie, Chase Brown, who I actually really like. I, I picked him up in Dynasty. So I think that they uh, they definitely have a shot. They take out Buffalo in the snow last year to make it to the AFC Championship game and then lose to the eventual champs and the Chiefs. And I wouldn't be surprised if they make it that far again as long as Joe Burrow's healthy. Yeah, I, I think all that's fair. I think like what, what some people don't do when they or don't take into account whenever they do like power rankings is not like who I think the best who you think the best teams are going to be at the end of the season. It's who are the best right now. Power yep. rankings is who's the best right now. And right now you just don't know with Joe Burrow, so you can't have them above. I. I going out on a limb and saying that the Eagles, the Bills, and the and the Chiefs in some order are your top three. You can't Correct. put them above those three teams with the state of what is with Joe Burrow right now. Right. Now they you know, they, yeah. like you take Patrick Mahomes away from the Chiefs, they're not the number one team in the NFL. Right. But Mahomes is not hurt right now. Exactly. Burrow is. Exactly. And and yeah, arguably when Burrow is healthy, they're right there in that same tier. But with the question marks, yeah, I mean, it's just tough to when, – when you're looking at it and having to break down between number three and number four, <laughs> that's how you make those decisions sometimes. So, yes, you did guess it. The top three are what you mentioned. But coming in at number three, I do have the Buffalo Bills. And that's me trying not to be Homer um, because I absolutely hate the Eagles. But 
but the Buffalo Bills are coming in at number three. I mean, they still got Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen, arguably the best quarterback in the NFL right now, not just because of what he can do passing, but because of what he can do on the on the ground as well. Because I know Patrick Mahomes can also rush, but he ain't doing what Josh Allen's doing. Now, Jalen Hurts can rush better than Josh Allen, but he ain't going to pass as well as Josh Allen. So that's where I kind of have an argument that I think Josh Allen is possibly the best quarterback in the NFL currently. Um, he does have some games Disagree. where his, his passing can get away from him somewhat, but he's still there. And as long as he's there, I think they're going to do well because they were able to settle down digs for the time being. We don't know how long that's going to last because it did seem kind of kind of a little whack during the offseason. Um, I am a little concerned about their defense because Vaughn Miller's starting on the PUP, so he's going to miss a few games. Um, and that was a huge, huge addition for them last year. But they have three straight division titles. They have four straight 10 or more win seasons. They were the number two offense uh, in yards per game last year at 397.6. And they lost to Cincinnati in the snow. I mean, it, it's hard to knock anybody for losing in the snow. It's a different game. And so now could they end up being in the snow in the playoffs again? Yeah. <laughs> it's Buffalo. <laughs> yeah. But I really like Buffalo and I could see them maybe taking down the Chiefs this year. I think James Cook having a year of experience coming into this season could be a game changer for them because they really haven't had like a great running game to go mm. along with Josh Allen. Yep. I think James Cook, this season is going to give them that. I agree. It could be a game changer. And they also bring in Damian Harris uh, from the Patriots, who is a great back to catch some passes and to maybe even help James Cook out, you know, because, I mean, he doesn't have that much more experience than James Cook. However, it's more experience. And so yeah. that just adds to that backfield. And, yeah, I think I think the Bills are going to be really good again. I also – that all does rely on Gabriel – having another great season like he did as the number two receiver on that offense. So, but they're exciting. They're definitely exciting. I mean, I'll go ahead and say it's hard to not put the Chiefs as number one after winning the Super Bowl. So at number two, I've got the Philadelphia Eagles. They were so good last year. And I feel like personnel wise, they actually did get better. And that makes me sad <laughs> as a Cowboys fan. Yeah especially considering that we haven't had back-to-back -back champs since 0405 but it was the Eagles. Oh oh my goodness, I just saw that too. Tip pass interception, Clemson wow. turns it over to Duke. Wow, that is crazy. I can't believe I put money on this upset. <laughs> Attaboy, Doyce. I'm going to be listening to you for the rest of the season. <laughs> I, I wish I'd put more money on this upset. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. But Jalen Hurts, MVP level quarterback, he, if he can, he's got Astro the weapon. He, he's got the, the weapons on offense. Level. <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> uh, he's got, I mean, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, another one of those possible best one-two punches in the NFL. Devontae Smith has really turned, come into his own and kind of almost been the next A.J. Brown in a way. Um, you could yeah. say. So them, they give Jalen Hurts the best chance to actually become one of the best passers that he could maybe be. Plus, he's going to be doing the same stuff on his legs like he has been. And it's funny because Philly's basically almost like a, a mini University of Georgia because they just keep 
drafting Georgia Bulldog players. <laughs> Not only do they draft them, but they bring in DeAndre Swift from the Lions, who was also a Georgia Bulldog. And it's just kind of funny how many they have now. Yeah, I mean, there are worse places to get your your football players than the Georgia Bulldogs. Right. and, and Especially it's defensively. Yeah, most of them are on defense, and we, as a Cowboys fan, we have to play against them, and I'm like, damn it. <laughs> but they look really good. They also brought in Rashad Penny, which I really like as well. So I feel like the Eagles actually got better on both sides of the ball, and it makes me a little nervous to possibly have somebody finally have back-to-back NFC East. It's been a while. And then, of course, they just won the Super Bowl. They've got arguably the best quarterback in the NFL, some of the best playmakers in the NFL, and Travis Kelsey, and the Kansas City Chiefs got to be number one. You can't win the Super Bowl. Also, AFC champs three out of the last four years. They've made four straight AFC championships. Somebody's going to have to knock them down before I bring them down. That's just how it goes. Yeah. I mean, Mahomes, if he's not already, he's pretty close to being like a top three quarterback of all time like there's arguments there's definitely arguments it's absolutely insane what he has done to this point in his career like he has like he has a shot at brady if he keeps going the way that he's going and i didn't think i'd ever say that right anybody i know and dude if and it's kind of funny that like it almost kind of started against him yeah when he lost that afc championship to brady and then Oh, man. It's it's insane what he's doing. They were the number one offense last year uh, with 413 yards per game, which is absolutely ridiculous when you look at it. Not another insane. team was over 400. Yeah, it's, it's insane that a team without any wide receivers could be the number one offensive. I was going to say the their first year without Tyreek Hill, and you wouldn't even know. You wouldn't even know because not only were they the number one offense, they were also the number one passing offense at 297.8 passing yards per game. Yeah, they're just finding receivers and being like, eh, you'll do. Yeah, because Patrick Mahomes can get it to anybody, it looks like. Mm-hmm. So, um, And then, I mean, Travis Kelsey is the best tight end in the game right now. I, I, sa- I said that earlier with Mark Andrews, and I said arguably, but Travis Kelsey is the one right now. And you can argue some other guys, but he's the one. Now, the one thing I am a little concerned about, they were second in sacks last year with 55, but Chris Jones is holding out right now, and they released Frank Clark. So... If they can add a little bit to the defense, I think they're going to be right there again. And I don't see why they can't repeat. I mean, definitely as AFC champs, but I wouldn't be surprised if they even won the Super Bowl again. They're that good. I mean, like you said, without having Tyreek Hill, without having any supposed wide receivers, and they still were able to do that, and now they actually even draft a guy that could be a possible future number one, Rasheed Rice, if he can actually come out and be like the – the Justin Jefferson or the Jamar Chase, where right off the bat you're one of the best threats in the NFL, then, man, this Chiefs team is going to be good. Yeah. It's hard to pick against them. Mm-hmm. And not just because they won last year, but like you said, they have like they didn't come out of nowhere last year. They've won before, and they, they have Super Bowl or bust expectations, and they still won the damn thing. Yep. That says something. Yep. And I think it a lot of it comes down to having one of the best coaches of all time, and Andy Reid. He he yep. knows how to make sure his team's ready to play some football. I mean, he's been to nine already, nine conference title games in his career. 
I think maybe more something like 10 I'm not sure exactly but one thing I did crazy one thing I forgot to mention though Mahomes did even lead the league last year in passing yards by far he had 5250 and nobody else even had 5,000 yeah they didn't have much of a running game last year and it would be nice if they could get a bit of a running game this year we'll see Year two of Isaiah Pacheco, I like him. I think he can be really good. Um, you still got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire there, who you spent a, a high pick on. So, I mean, damn, Duke just scored. Yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, I know their offensive line was a bit of a question last year, despite winning the, the whole damn thing. Their offensive line was a bit of an issue at certain points. So, if they've corrected that a little bit, then maybe that'll help getting a running game going, and they want to rely so much on, on passing as much right so i know we are getting a uh, press for time here but i did just want to say my picks for each division real quick if you want to throw one out there you can my nfc east going homer let's fucking go cowboys it's gonna be tough to take out philadelphia but i think they can do it i'll pick cowboys only because you don't repeat in the nfc east anymore right uh nfc west i got the 49ers winning it agreed uh, NFC North, I got the Vikings again. I'm going back to back Vikings, NFC North champs. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna go out on a limb. I'm gonna say the Lions get it. I almost did. I almost did, <laughs> just because I do like what they're doing in Detroit. Um, the NFC South was very hard for me to pick, to be honest with you. Shit show. Yeah, it's a, it's shit, a show. shit show. I'm going with the Saints. Saints. And the reason I'm going with the Saints is the quarterback. They're, they're the only ones that are, like, semi-competent right now. Right. And Alvin Kamara is not going to miss too much. and So I, I like what the Saints have going on. Uh, my NFC wildcard picks would be the Eagles, the Seahawks, and the Lions. So I do have the Lions making the playoffs. Um, I haven't done wild cards. I'd probably throw the Vikings in there. Whichever of the Eagles and Cowboys don't win the division. And Seahawks maybe for the last one. Okay. Um, and then my AFC East, I've got the Bills winning it again. So four in a row. I've got the Bills as well. Uh, AFC West, I got the Chiefs again. Chiefs. Yeah. AFC North, um, I do have the Bengals again. Again, that depends on Joe Burrow being out. I've actually got the Ravens. <sighs> okay. Okay. That's a, that's a good one. I mean, I can't argue with that too much. I think they're going to be good. Uh, AFC South, I'm going with the Jaguars again. I'm gonna go with the Titans. Okay, bringing in D Hop and the the return of a full healthy season of Derrick Henry. Fair enough. I like that a lot too. Uh, and then my AFC wild card picks are the Chargers, the Ravens, and the Dolphins. I've got the Dolphins, the Bengals, and I'm gonna go Chargers as well. Not necessarily in that order, but. So it's funny because I know you chose the Ravens to win the division instead, but those are the same playoff teams as the AFC last year. I mean, there's a clear divide in the AFC between the top half and the bottom half. I mean, are are you really going to try and talk me into the the Patriots or the Raiders? No. Nope. There's a clear divide. I agree. In the the AFC. Oh, wait, you did take Titans. You did take the Titans, actually. So you don't have the same. I yeah, as last year. Uh, Jaguars have never really done it back-to-back years, so I'm kind of banking on that. I just feel like they're going to take that next step. They got Doug Peterson down there now. I need I need them to be good because I've got because I've got Trevor Lawrence on my fantasy team. But 
I've got him in two of them, so I hope so too. <laughs> oh man, I'm excited though. I will. Oh man, I guess I get, I I know I, I got to go ahead and throw it out there. I'm gonna have somehow the Cowboys and Eagles in the NFC Championship, and the Cowboys finally do it. And then in the AFC, I think we're gonna have another Bills Chiefs. That's just where I'm sitting. I think Bills Chiefs is what's going to happen, and I think the Bills actually do it. And I believe I actually had the same exact Super Bowl pick last year in Cowboys <laughs> and Bills. Uh, but I'm doing it again, and I'm going with the boys. We're going to get over the hump. Micah Parsons wants to be the best player in the NFL ever, and he he's going to take us there. I, I've actually got the same AFC team. I've got the Bills. Okay. Just because it's so freaking hard to repeat. True. But I've got them beating the 49ers in the Super Bowl. So you think Brock Purdy is that dude? I, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> that, that was good. That's fair enough. All right. So neither of us have the Jets making it. Okay. Nope. I do think they'll be good, though. They're going to be hard to beat. We'll see. I mean, they, they had a good record to start last year, and then they fell off. Well, we'll see. I don't know. Yep. Oh, I'm excited though. I'm so excited. What's the uh what's the Thursday game again? Chiefs, Chiefs Lions. Chiefs Lions, okay. Time to get out your FanDuel, your DraftKings, your <laughs> <laughs> Time to get going. Ooh, I'm excited. And we just had a, the biggest upset of the weekend happen while we were recording. Yep, Duke, Duke over to Clemson. Your boy called it. Yeah, that was huge, dude. That was big. Y- your boy even put his money where his mouth was. You did. One. I'm proud of you. So, Good stuff. Four and one this weekend. Good job. Four and one. Yeah. Now yeah. I had it. I was four and one week one last year too, and I ended up being like a game below 500 at the end. Okay. So I'm I'm going for above 500 this year. All right. We'll see it. <laughs> I still made more money than I lost. Just to be fair. <laughs> Good. <laughs> but it was barely. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, you did it. We got it all in. Yeah, you got you got anything else before we get out of here? I don't. Sports, sports. This is <laughs> this is a great time of year. Yes, my this favorite. Is a great time of year. Agreed. I love. Like, there's nothing better than football and college base and uh, playoff baseball. College baseball. College baseball. Yeah. <laughs> NFL, no. college football. Playoff baseball, all happening at the same time. I know it's the best. It's awesome. It is because like, I mean, if, if you think about it, football is almost always the playoffs. Because I mean, one loss could be the end. Well, especially college football. Especially NFL, you college. can you, you can lose seven games and still still win the title in the NFL. I guess that's college football, you stupid, job. you lose you lose two games, you're done. Like yeah. Clemson, Clemson's losing this game tonight. If they lose one more through their remaining 11 games, they are done. It's over. Yep. And, uh, yeah, that makes college football extra exciting. NFL is exciting for different reasons. It's the highest level of the sport. But, and fantasy football. I mean, fantasy football is so fun. Yeah. And then, and then postseason baseball. Like, every, every second of every game, like, your stomach in, is in knots. You're just... You're you're sitting there feeling like you're about to die for three hours, and then at the end of it, you either really feel like you're about to die or feel like you can do 
anything in the world. (laughs) 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 And it's been so long since I've experienced September baseball that like, that like super matters that like, it's so crazy that with the Astros, like this weekend, they get swept by the Yankees and it's like, it's over. It's over. Season's over. It's done. Everything. Just go home. Stop even playing. I don't care. They win today against the Rangers, and it's like, I'm so back in. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, sports. It's it's an awful, awful, amazing experience. Yeah. <laughs> I hate sports. I can't wait to watch them again tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it sucks in, like, the best way. <laughs> Oh but, man! All right, I think we've uh, done enough enough damage for tonight. The Vincent Jackson episode in the books. <laughs> Vincent Jackson. <laughs> Another random eighty-three that came to mind. Yeah, there weren't a ton of eighty-threes. There weren't. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, everybody have a good week, and congratulations to the Duke Blue Devils for beating Clemson. I think for the second year in a row, I think they beat them last year too. Oof. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Beards out. Beards out.